The plane, Firefox, the most devastating killing machine ever built. The weapon system is one of the most advanced ever conceived with a thought-guided, thought-controlled arsenal on board the plane. If the Soviets can mass-produce it, it will change the structure of our world. The man, Mitchell Gant, the most daring U.S. fighter pilot ever to fly a plane. So I don't want you to think I have a chance in the world pulling this off, is it? Don't say anything. Just fly the damn plane. I'm gonna take it off! Mitchell Gun. The mission steal Firefox. Gant, can you fly that plane? Yeah, I can fly it. I'm the best there is. Great mother of God, he's up! I'm speaking to the individual who has stolen the property of the USSR. We're getting the royal treatment. You will not, of course, make it to wherever you are going. Let's see what this baby can do. Captain, he's coming straight in. I don't know what it is, but I'm a sitting duck. We have done it. We have brought down the American. Well, that's it. We might as well all go home. We don't know. The hell we don't know. They got him, Aubrey. I don't know. It could mean they didn't get him. It could mean they didn't get him. It could mean they didn't get him. Clint Eastwood in one of the most incredible undercover operations in history, Firefox. All right, everybody. Welcome to the I'll See You in Hell podcast. My name is Oliver. I'm here with my buddy, Nathan. Say hello, Nathan. Hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off hi-ho, the work we go. Hi-ho, hi-ho. <laughs> that was it's a good one. I heard that song in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, long um, going out the deep, the deep tracks, deep cuts. Well, we're going, we're going, it's good you're going after the deep tracks because we went deep on this movie. We went to the 1982 <sighs> Clint Eastwood film Firefox. This movie stars and is, is directed by Clint Eastwood, and it stars Clint Eastwood, Freddie oh, Jones, and David Huffman. Um, I, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just I just got to cut in here because I'm. I, I, I while I was watching this last night, I thought to myself, yeah. who directed this? Clint Eastwood <laughs> directed this. Okay, continue. Yeah. Continue. Clint Eastwood directed this. That so, gives us a whole new continue. Continue. A whole new discussion topic. Yeah, uh, yeah. This movie, the summary of this film is: the Soviets have developed a revolutionary new fighter jet called the Firefox. Naturally, the British are worried that the jet will be used as first strike weapon, as rumors say that the jet is undetectable on radar. They send they send ex Vietnam War pilot Mitchell Gant, played by Clint Eastwood, on a covert mission into the Soviet Union to steal the Firefox. So, as mentioned last week on the podcast, we decided for the next two films to sort of go deep into our archive, each of us, for films that meant something to us as children yeah. uh, that maybe are, are underviewed or underappreciated. Mm-hmm. And this movie came to mind for me. And I have to be honest with you, part of my big delight is I, I watched this last night and I was like, oh my God, Nathan is going to fucking hate this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, no. 
I mean, listen, you aren't known necessarily for your prescience, you know, being able to tell the future, but <laughs> on this one, you were, you were pretty much right on. You were pretty much right you on. Not, you did not like this movie. <laughs> Bro, okay, listen, okay. I mean, there's quite a few things, but here's the deal. Uh-huh. I, I'm going to, let me, let me first, <clears throat> let me first say this. I thoroughly acknowledge that there are at least probably one movie, maybe more on here that we've done, like mm-hmm. that Jason and I, like Conan, that, you know, right. people that we laud about, and but then sure. we watch and we even see, like, okay, we see where there's some flaws in it or whatever, because it was made right. in the 80s. And, you know, I, <clears throat> and so I'm allowing for, there's going to be a few movies, apparently, that are chosen that we watch that I have the, you know, I'm the guy going, like, uh, What's yeah. what is this? You guys chopping off snakeheads? Like what's going on here? Uh, so, <laughs> like so, th- so this one is fucking one of them. Where as I'm watching, I'm thinking, was it what? Uh, I literally thought, what was it about? There had to be some tie that Ollie has in this movie. I think you said it last time. Was this the one that your dad had? And it was like yeah. the only movie he had. Okay, yeah. explain that for the listeners. So my dad uh, lived in Central California, and in fact, a, a town called El Centro. And it, um, <laughs> it just in case anyone just in case. aware, <laughs> and it's like right, right smack in the middle between like San Diego and Arizona. Um, and he you know like so i would occasionally go and visit him there and stay at his place and like he had literally like a like a a vhs player which at the time was probably quite expensive uh a tv and a couple of movies and like it was either chariots of fire or this one uh so let's just say he also liked these movies or did he just have them because someone gave them to him i think he liked this yeah and actually on a you know it's 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 definitely a, a dad kind of a movie because it's like it's a spy story. It's Clint Eastwood. It's old. Oh, it's kind of like bro. you know. It's it's a little. I mean, Clint Eastwood has a very specific <clears throat> pace, and it's not for everybody. He he, he gets a little indulgent <laughs> on some scenes, but I still like this movie. I don't care what anybody says. I I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I think, Hold I think the the special effects are obviously oh. hilarious, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to also give him a little slack, right? 1982, as you said, when yeah. they made when the, this actually was probably made in 81, right? Because they don't yeah, really see usually the same. So 1980, 81 special effects for yeah. you know his crazy plane flying, you know, in and out of things and down to the things. <clears throat> you know, I'm gonna give it. Listen, it's 80s. I'll give it some credit. I mean, it wasn't all that much worse or better than you know the first Star Wars movie, right? Sure. Like, and and including some of the shots inside of his equipment and stuff like that was like, right. eh, I feel like uh, <laughs> so I will, I will give him credit for that. There were a couple things where I was like, like the explosions around the girl in Vietnam, they showed mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the explosion. I was like, did someone have a Casio, like a watch that they uploaded? <laughs> with? Like what? Ooh, like it was so bad. Like I was so yeah. bad. Like pull me right out. I was like, what is going on? So that's, so I tried to, I tried to suspend disbelief for that. It mm. didn't work all that well. But then I, but but again, I had to go back and a couple times tell myself, like, listen, I have plenty of movies where I watch them and the special effects are trash. Right. But the way I remember these movies, 
mm. allows me to still really think they're fucking great because yeah. of the history, history with them. So I understand, and I kept having to say, okay, all he has history. This is why he likes yeah. this piece of shit. It's, listen, <laughs> I, I didn't. It's why he likes thing, the, other thing that, the other thing that got me was you just said Clint Eastwood directed this. So now yeah. I'm going back thinking, okay, let me think of all the Clint Eastwood movies that he's directed mm-hmm. and then starred in. And yeah. I mean, there's a few, most of them have been like ones I really haven't watched, like Bridges of Madison County and shit like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, he did Unforgiven, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Which was amazing. Yeah. Good uh, movie. To me, amazing anyways. And yeah. so I think to myself, he did this and Unforgiven. Yeah. Like, Really? <laughs> like what happened? Well, you have to remember with Clint Eastwood is he's like first of all he's like a billion years old and he's had like a sixty or seventy year career. Like the guy has I mean, he was one of the biggest stars in the world forever. I mean the and this is kind of where he barely talked. <laughs> which yeah. he barely talked in this movie as well, which was kind of interesting. I I noticed right. and, uh, he doesn't talk a lot. I think no. in all of his movies uh, for someone who's an actor, right? Which is kind of weird. It's like, you yeah. And talk. he's also done some movies that got him the Oscar. Like he did million dollar baby, which actually I think is a very, I think it's million dollar baby. It's the one yeah, about the boxer. Yep, yep. Yeah. And that one was incredibly hard to watch. Cause it's got a very tragic ending to it, but you know, yeah. and he did uh, grand Torino and some other films <laughs> yeah. that were I unfortunately well watched that one. And everyone reviewed it well. It was like, yeah. Gran Torino to me was like, I think I described it to someone as like, again, like one of the after school specials, right? It's like, mm-hmm. kid, uh, you know, uh, uh, attacked by a racist man or whatever. Yeah. Then they become friends, best of friends, and then something bad happens to. I was like, all right, I've seen this movie a million times. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but I, you know, I, I just keep going back to Unforgiven, which is, and Good, Bad, and the Ugly, which I don't mm-hmm. think he directed. No, he did not. Uh, but right. that movie is awesome too. So I, I will say there's a many, uh, many, there are enough Clint Eastwood movies that are, I think are awesome. Yeah. That I, and the ones he's directed probably that I think are pretty good that I was just confused. But then I had to go sure. back and go, well, I think this probably was his first time directing any sort of this type of action movie, probably. I like think a you're fire right. Fire he, action movie, right? Especially. He had directed a bunch of stuff prior, but I think this was probably his first into like a big action film. And this, this, and I won't, but I'll, I'll get to it later, but this movie had a significant budget for 1982. Like a significant oh, budget. I can't yeah. wait to see this. And I wonder where it went. Yeah. Like it had to go to him. Right. And then the special well, effects, probably. Yeah, I mean, so to step back a little bit, just for the people who haven't seen this, which is going to be a lot of people. So if this <laughs> if having seen the film is a measure of how many people listen to our podcast this week, then this is probably yeah. going to be one of our weakest. But I don't care. I uh-huh. still wanted to do it. But um, <laughs> this this is essentially two movies. It's a it's a Russian spy movie, and then it's Top Gun. Like it kind of it like transitions from that. So and it's and and then overlaid over top. I think it's like it. What's cool about it is it reminds me of all of the great Tom Clancy stories. It's like Cold War at its peak. It's us versus them. It's the Ruskies with a with a with a special jet that we want to go in and steal. And it's a it's a American pilot that's going to go get it. And like I thought that was a cool premise. I think it's a. It, I still think it's a cool premise. It's got a couple yeah. of the, it's got a couple of the tropes in there too. Hey, yeah. this guy's in retirement. Got to get him out. And then. Right. He's the best. Like they said, he's the best like three times in here. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, and then at the end, he talks about how he's the best. I'm like, all yeah. right, like here we go. Right. Like they had, him, they had them both in there. Like in the '80s, it was always guy out of retirement, 
Yeah. You're the best. That's all. Well, also, if you remember early on at that scene in the beginning when the where the intelligence officers are all talking about it, they also picked him partially because he fit the flight suit. So he's the right. best, but he's also the right side. He fits the flight suit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, all the scenes where they were like in the room planning this out, and there's like yeah. all the all the you know big smarties talking about yeah. like oh, this is the Scott Stealth. And by the way. Mm -hmm. If it was some big stealth ship, how the hell do they track him so easy at the end? Is what I was concerned with. Like, if yeah. he's a big stealth ship, they were on his ass all the time. Both the U.S. and the Russians. They knew yes. where he was. It seemed like all the time. Like, yeah. what, what happened to the stealth part? They forget about it, or like, I don't. I, I was confused about. That. Suspend some disbelief there, my friend. Uh, but also, okay. that they are. But here's the part. Like, okay, so the the whole story arc is that he gets smuggled into Russia, and then there's all of these like. Sort of <laughs> by, by the way, hold up. Sorry. Yeah. I keep, I keep forgetting things. Smuggled yeah. into Russia yeah. by the worst. Like these guys are the. He, by the way, they they sort of set it up in this movie. Too. Okay, oh sorry. I'm used. I'll, I'll put this. I'm going to put this note down about it. Well, you were going to tell this. It doesn't make sense if I don't. If you don't tell the background, he's okay, intelligent. So he's a he's a he's a retired pilot and he knows Russian aircraft. So they they enlist him to sneak into Russia and and steal this plane. So they smuggle him in by making him into a like uh, heroin dealer. And then they get him into Moscow and they kill the heroin dealer and have him swap in basically sort of like this sort of replace one with the other plot. And then they drive him across the country uh, to this place where the plane is. And then there are these like dissident Jew um, like scientists, these like these rogue scientists that were that were helping Russians him. The Germans out of those, yeah. Yeah, and like, and it was the part about that part of the plot that got me was that like they were basically like because the Russians knew that these these particular scientists were traitors, and rather than like kill them right away, they wanted them to finish their work. But literally, they had built two planes. Like, if they really wanted them, like, right. how about let them finish a few hundred more before? They, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To... I mean, they weren't going anywhere. They were. Still going. <laughs> Exactly. I didn't understand well, well, that all bit. Now, I also want to preface this with, or preface this with, you know, I, I, while well, I was watching this last night, my girlfriend was like, "Hey, why don't I watch it with you if you don't have to take a bunch oh, of notes?" Geez. And I said, uh, <laughs> "I got first terrible idea because sometimes I do have to take notes and then be okay." Um, she also thought it was one of the worst movies, uh, but. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but she also talked during about three fourths of it, so I may get some of these things wrong. Um, so I apologize. But uh, this is the best story. Is this the first time she's watched a movie with you for yes. the podcast? Yeah, oh, because generally not. I stop it more often. So I took notes on my phone instead of on my computer this time. But okay. uh, but I, here's what I want to say about the about <clears throat> Clint Eastwood's. Uh, the first part of the movie, which, as you say, is the is the spy, the spy part of the movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, a, I didn't understand half the shit going on. Like, I didn't even catch that that guy that he replaced or whatever was yeah. an was another drug. I didn't catch that. Right. I thought he was. I couldn't understand the whole plot point. But again, right. she was talking a little bit, so I missed part of it. Well, uh, no, but, I mean, I also have the benefit of having seen this like twenty times, so like I can oh, practically okay. like perform the plot in a. Play. <laughs> oh my like, god. Yeah. You know, and actually on rewatch last night, I did write that down in one of the parts I didn't like. There's a there's a section like in the Moscow scenes that was so dark and so difficult to see. Like the stuff by the train. Right, when they're walking and, they, and getting he's getting followed sometimes. And, yeah, and then they beat up that guy and punch his face to bits and throw yeah, him in the water. Like, so right. that was the whole plot around replacing yeah, yeah. the heroin dealer. But like I would I will I will concede to you and to your to your fiance that that is a very difficult plot point to follow because you can't see anything like it was shot right. very well, dark yeah 
Yeah, the other thing, I, I mean, I did appreciate that I think at the first part of the movie when they're sort of like conscripting him into doing this, he's, mm-hmm. he or someone else says something that he doesn't have any training as an intelligence officer. Right. Um, they like, they say that to him like, oh, you're, you're, it's good, but you know, you're not going to, and Jesus Christ. I mean, either A, they, they did, they play that up, or B, it was just terrible, he was just terrible, it was just terrible, because he got there, and like, he has this transistor radio thing, which yeah. is like the thing that they tell him, like, his, the version of Q, right, his yeah. version of Q from Bond, it's is like, device. here's your device, you, get, you can't lose this, they're like, hey man, don't lose this, by the way, I was yeah. impressed that he didn't lose it the whole time, but, um, yeah. usually another trope, he loses it, he's got it. um, <laughs> So he's got this device, this all-important device, and when he first gets into Moscow and he lands with this fake mustache and everything, and he gets into Moscow, they they grab him, you know, of course, out of the line, and like when yeah. he's walking, they start to question only him, you know, like, hey, what's what are you doing here? And they pick, they they like, I think they take it out of his briefcase, which yeah. by the way has a false bottom to it because you can see that's only this thick at the top. Right. Like, that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and and there's nothing else in the briefcase. No other no other papers. Only this transistor sitting in it. So the guy might have opened it. So there's nothing in here except for one little item and it goes like, what the fuck is this? Right? right. So like what is the so he pulls it out, he shows it yeah. to him, and he's like, Hey man, what is this? And his answer is something so cockamamie. Like mm. he is the he and, and the way Clint Eastwood looks, his character looks when he questions mm. him about it, is so suspicious. Like right. he's like oh, 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 oh. I'm like, how is he gonna get these guys are all like spy masters? And he's he's wide eyed, like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, what am I doing Spike here? <laughs> Come on, yeah. man. Like we gotta like what? How do you expect it? Anyway, well that also that was like the first of like seven interactions that all involve <laughs> Papers, like the whole thing about Russia yeah. at that time was like, papers, mm. please give me your papers and look at your papers. And your, your papers are in order. Your papers are not in order. Little I Nazi, Nazi was, Germany stuff, yeah. Well, that's also a trope of this kind mm-hmm. of a movie, like this like Cold War era spy story where you're going through a checkpoint and the checkpoint might be suspicious of you or it might let mm-hmm. you pass. And like essentially his whole interaction in Moscow was like that. And they and they kept on like changing his story for him. So like he went off to like yeah. – Air Force thing to prepare, and he was told about being Leon Sprague, and then he gets to Moscow, and they're like, "Yeah, you're not, you're not him anymore." You're this guy now. Yeah, right, exactly. How how long were lines in? You know, I know there's jokes about bread lines in Russia and everything, but how long were lines there where everyone's got to check your papers every time you go fucking anywhere? It's like Jesus, (laughs) this is gonna take us forever to get in a safe way. I mean, holy shit. I think that's exactly why one would argue that that system of government isn't effective. So, or do they just, you know, or do they just only pull over like you know super tall white guys thinking they're looking like Americans or something? Like who, mm-hmm. uh, who do they grab? You know, but I, yeah, I thought that was <laughs> there was a lot of that. You know, let me see your papers. So your papers yeah. in order. Okay, your papers are good to go or whatever. So I thought that was funny how guilty and hesitant he looks. Every time someone questions him about anything, I'm like, wow, this is like, you're the worst guy to to go fucking do this shit. Oh, don't get me started. Like, another thing is, is that he, he has severe PTSD, right? (laughs) He's constantly like like, regressing into this, like, you know, fetal and and, like forgetting where he is and like, you know, flashing back to Vietnam and like, he he almost got killed in that, that, that metro station bathroom because he was like shivering in the toilet bro, bro. <laughs> that was one of the things i put on there it's like you know first off yeah they, they treat PTSD like nothing of course in this movie right. they, they're like oh at least as long as he doesn't have it during combat or whatever except for he's yeah. flying a plane home that they're trying to right. so you don't want to have that in the middle of fucking flying a plane but i did think that that was like i did ask that question i wrote it down like why didn't he just leave the station in the first place and they told him 
to leave the yeah. station. He goes to the bathroom instead, and when he goes to the bathroom, so there's a part in there where these guys are looking for him. One of his informant guys or helper guys is like, hey, man, you got to get out of this fucking station because they're looking right. for us. They're Everyone, they're asking for papers. Mm-hmm. Instead of just fucking leaving, like running out of there, right. he goes to the bathroom, and before you say, oh, he's going to go to the bathroom because he knew he was going to have this attack, he didn't. He went to the right. bathroom to look like he was going to take a shit. He just went there to look like he was going to use it. And he right. ended up getting gives PTSD attack while he was in there, which allowed time for the guys to get in there. And then he had to kill one of the KGB guys, which turned out to be a big deal for some reason. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, either way, either way, he, he did the stupid move himself. So it's, I, right. I again, if it was now, if it was cleverly mm. designed to show how much of an intelligence offer this guy, this guy was not to, right. and how fish out of water he was. Okay. Mission, mission I don't think, it. I don't think it was cleverly saying. I think they just needed a mm. plot armor to get him in there to kill a KGB guy. I, yeah. I just, you know, to move the plot along or whatever. So, mm-hmm. why can you do you remember or can you tell me cuz he kills this KGB guy in there yeah. and then his informant runs in right after and was like, "Hey, what did you do?" Like, right. "Why did you kill that guy?" Your so, why was war in order. Yeah, yeah. So, why <laughs> was it such a big deal? I mean, it's obviously a big deal he killed a KGB guy, but I mean like yeah. they didn't, wouldn't have known it was him, right? Like, so why was it such a big deal i guess do you recall or was it like in general i just don't think that the kgb was fond of having their agents killed and left in metro bathrooms so i think that that oh, sure. be considered a bad thing so i i think I mean, versus I the know. kgb guy getting him like the kgb guy was 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 fucking with him so which was the right choice well there's also a whole discussion we had about how how terrible the kgb tactics were like they really had like this whole plot figured out like Right from the get go, and like right. it sort of said, "Well, we'll just let them, you know, see who we'll they're." Wait and see. Yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll hang back. <laughs> well, that's like, like the guy when he when he flees in the plane. Yeah, when he gets the when he gets the spoiler alert, he gets in the, he gets the plane. He gets in the plane yeah. in the, the second hour of the movie and right. escapes with it. But while he's escaping the hangar mm-hmm. uh, in this plane, <laughs> um, he's the the the, the Russians. Find out. Marvel. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're literally standing in front of him with guns when he's in the mm-hmm. plane. He hasn't moved yet. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's getting ready to fire the engines up. And right. instead of just shooting him out of the cockpit, because, you know, mm-hmm. they could repair the cockpit. It might take him a few months or whatever. Instead of shooting him out of the cockpit <laughs> where they could have, and these guys were all ready to do it, the lead, like, Russian dude Marvel. is like, yeah. hey, no, no, don't shoot. Close the bay doors or whatever yeah. instead so you can't get out of the hangar, which. He just guns it and gets out of the hangar and they don't shoot at him. Like, well, what? okay. Well, that part I will I will argue with you on a little bit. And the okay, reason I yeah, say I'm this sure. is that they're the the Russian I don't know. I mean, again, I'm taking I'm gonna take a reference from another Russian story that I saw recently. Did you see the Chernobyl um, movie? I know I wanna see the docudrama series. The the series on HBO. It's I heard incredible. it's really good. It's amazing. Okay. But wow. one of the first episodes they show this these two characters that were senior like sort of administrators at Chernobyl and the the Moscow investigator shows up to like find out what's going on and what they've done these these sort of senior administrators is rather than investigate what's going on is they've picked somebody to be the sacrificial lamb meaning like this person's responsible for this failure right and right. send this guy off to the gulag and that philosophy I mean, if, if that's to be believed as a similar sort of outlook that this part of, of Russian history included, is that that's why they kind of failed at the Cold War, is that their philosophy was always about whose fault it was and not about fixing it. And, like, I think that that, 
that scene at the end where you're talking about where he was getting ready to, you know, like close the doors rather than shoot the, I mean, I think he was worried about losing his ass. Like, you know, like this point yeah. is like a priority for Russia. And by the way, but here's the thing, they, you have to also remember that their, their, that their decision at that point was to fucking kill the scientists that made the plane. So like, the assumption <laughs> that you could, like, that you could, you know, One point's uh, good enough for us. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I, I, your, your point is valid. Like, they obviously had a better opportunity to stop Gant from stealing the plane, but like, I do think that there's at least some logic behind not just shooting it up like crazy. There's some. That yeah. officer's terrible decision making because the other the other yeah. option was to let him fly away. Then they have to shoot him down anyways. Right. So they're not gonna. I mean, either way, they're gonna be shooting that plane down. Yes. The, the one, the first way is they shoot him down when he's on the ground still. And the right. plane will blow up, but yeah, yeah. you do you or whatever. So it's fine. It's it's either it's either that guy was terrible at his job, which mm-hmm. a lot of people in this thing were terrible at the jobs they were assigned to, uh, yeah. whether that was by hook or by crook, I don't know. But uh, right. but yes, I, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> oh, that's just, uh, and I yeah, why did you shoot him out of the plane? But okay, maybe it was yeah. bulletproof. I don't know. Maybe it was uh, bulletproof. I mean, the plane was yeah. supposed to be this miraculous thing that could do Mach six and like you know had like thought control. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. thought control Hold missiles. Hold on. I'm going to go into this whole thing about how this is like Star Wars Episode Four, yeah. uh, where there dudes in orange jump shoots at the end, jumpsuits at the end, flying planes around like there were orange yes. jumpsuits in Star Wars Episode Four when they were attacking the Death Star, and then mm-hmm. there was a there was a fucking Jedi speaking in his mind, telling him to use the Force, mm-hmm. and I thought there was a lot of those, a lot of similarities there, which I thought was a little interesting. Uh, Absolutely. So, well, yeah, and in, speaking in Russian. Fact, uh, yeah, the, the, the colonel we're talking about, the one that was like, you know, yelling at him in the plane, was also in two Star Wars films. So, um, Shut we, oh, what? Wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah, dude, you didn't know that? No, who is this guy? I didn't recognize that. He was one of the emperors, like, or the. Um, Edgeman uh, guys, like the yeah. Let me find it real quick. It's uh, yeah. No, Kenneth, Kenneth Colley. You know, another thing I had this in the notes, like if there's ever been a movie that we've covered where just about everybody's dead, it's gotta be. Holy shit. He is in. Yeah. Okay, so this is him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I recognize that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did recognize that guy. And I probably thought to myself, ooh, they've got okay, here they've got an actor in here now. All right, here we go. So he, I, I kind of was surprised you didn't pick up on that because I thought like when I was watching, it's like, oh, he'll know the Star Wars time. I did. I think I just, uh, I think I just probably poo pooed it because uh, yeah, I was you confused didn't like the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whatever. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, yeah, that was that guy's that guy's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Was there yeah. anything about this movie that you enjoyed? And it's totally fine to say no. <sighs> <laughs> we, got a lot really we got a lot of taking me to. Uh, I mean, I, I, I will give it <laughs> um, pretty much no. But here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say is the part that actually did grab me at very first. Mm-hmm. I was confused actually because <clears throat> generally when you re- re- when you come up with the movie, um, yeah, it's. You know, we have certain things. I like ones that aren't based in reality. You like ones that are based in reality. So that's sort of sure. like the, one of the more little more sort of generalized things that I could say. Mm-hmm. At, in the first twelve minutes of the movie, they're talking yeah. about this plane, mm-hmm. and they're saying all these technological things it can do. And I start thinking, did all they give me a sci-fi movie to watch? Because it was like. <laughs> Because one yeah. of the powers that this plane has, one of its technology, this Russian plane has, is mm-hmm. that you can control the weapon systems with thought. 
So yeah. speed of thought. So you can you can the one of the things they were like, oh yeah, one of their signs is like, oh yeah, you know, because of how fast you know you can control the weapons system just by thinking about it. You know, it's mm-hmm. two to three seconds faster than anyone else's reaction in any other plane. So you're gonna be able to whoop up on everybody, right? Yes. Um, and I'm thinking like, okay, that's totally futuristic. There's no plane that can you know read your fucking thoughts now in the in the 2020s and this is in the right. 80s 40 years ago they were like trying to so this would have been special this was would have been like that you know technologically un able uh, we would have inability to do that so it was sort of space yeah. age to me. when i was listening i was like fuck ollie gave me a ollie gave sci-fi me a movie. sci-fi movie like this is might be okay. And, and then, then five minutes later, you're like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, this is not okay. Like, what happened? What am I watching here? Like, what, are these what, am, I being, what am I being yeah. subjected uh, to? I will say that that part of it, uh, you know, uh, if yeah. they would have played that out and it would have been mm. more of a sci-fi movie, I might have been like, I would have confused me because Clint Eastwood was in it, but I would have been sure. like, all right, let's get this shit. But um, yeah, so that part was okay. There, it Did was, you... It, yeah. One thing, hilarious thing about the thought-controlled missiles that actually Emily caught last night when we were watching. I don't know if you remember, yeah. but like as the like he would think in Russian in the little screen yeah. light up. Yeah, yeah. Co- the code for launching missiles was one, two, three, four. So like, <laughs> no, like check your fucking front door. <laughs> I didn't yeah. see that. That's yeah, like, like as like the screen lit up with like all of the different things that were occurring because his his thoughts were making it happen. Uh, yeah, it would, it would say one, two, three, four. But another <laughs> another challenge with that is that like, mm. like this this notion that it was two to three seconds faster than you know normal reaction time. It yeah. wasn't that way for for Clint Eastwood because he was you you saw him like audibleizing the Russian like, like dude. Uh, yeah, number one and number two the. <laughs> The the whole one of the other reasons why they picked him, if I remember correctly, was because he was like fluent he was raised Russian. by somebody who spoke Russian, so he yes. like was fluent in it, but he never used it. And not only did he never use it, he used it one time, I think. And the whole yeah. time, I thought, what what accent does he have? And, does right. it, and it, I bet you it sounds like Lieutenant Aldo Raines from Inglorious Bastards when okay. Brad Pitt's trying to do a fucking Italian accent as an Arkansas guy. Like, <laughs> that sounds like, I bet you that's how it fucking sounds to a real fucking Russian. Like, what? <laughs> I am so glad you brought this up because this is probably, like, on reflection, the biggest flaw of the film. But it's also possible they tried the same sort of suspension of disbelief that they did for Hunt for an October, which is a movie yes, that actually... Yeah, yes, exactly. I haven't seen that, by the way. I want to. I will want to see, I do want to see that, but yes. We'll add I that one for our list. Go ahead, but, I'll finish your thought, but... But I, you know, because because again, Emily caught that as well. Is like he walks in, so he's he's gotten all the way to the base. He's in a Russian uniform. He's got his you know foreign cigarettes, and he's he's walking towards the <laughs> hangar, and he's getting stopped by soldiers. And he papers, his, first, his first interaction with the soldier, he speaks in Russian. But then, like five seconds later, he literally bumps into the chief colonel in charge of security, and just like starts speaking like Indiana English, and it was. <laughs> No, like, and the guy was like, okay, sounds good, Captain. Carry on. I was so confused. Yeah, he sounds like he's from, like, Indianapolis. It's like, it's not, there's nothing, there's nothing Russian about it. I was not sure what was going on. So here's the thing. My suspicion is it's the same, it's just a a much poorer uh, method of it. But at the very beginning of Hunt for Red October, there's a scene where Sean Connery and his security officer are speaking in Russian, and then they zoom in real close to their mouths, and uh, then they zoom right. out, and he's right. translated it to English. I think right. the point being is like, 
just pretend these guys are talking Russian. I think I, that's what they were trying for, but they didn't do it as effectively as they, they did. They didn't do it as effectively. I, I sort of... Ass- With these movies, when I watch them again, I always sort of assume that's what they mean. Yeah. Like, of course, these guys are all talking in Russian. No one's talking in yeah. English or whatever. But then I always think, like, you know, you know, sort of the going to a little bit of the wokeness of, you know, we sure. talk about wokeness every once in a while. Hey, get a real Russian guy. Hey, get a real handicapped right. guy to pay. Hey, get a real right. Italian. Hey, get a real trans person. Hey, get a real. So sure. back in the eighties, it wasn't like that. It was like, get whoever's cheapest or whoever's coolest looking in the uniform. And or then, whoever is the biggest star in the world, which at the right. time was Clint Eastwood. And then <laughs> we just forced them to use, like try to affect an accent. Who cares how poor mm-hmm. it is, right? Like no one right. cared back then. Now we care. So when we watch right. these things, we're like, Jesus Christ, how lazy were they? They couldn't find a bunch of fucking Russians to do this shit or whatever. Like, right. so, but, but yeah, so, but it was a different time, different way of doing it. So mm-hmm. I understood that. I just did think it was sort of funny when, the, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the one time he speaks Russian, I was like, oh my God, I wonder what his accent sounds like to a real Russian. <laughs> like how terrible does it sound like? like yeah. Oh my God. Okay, but, uh, yeah. Well, like <clears throat> the entire, the entire hunt for October, it's Sean Connery with a Scottish accent playing <laughs> yeah. in Playing a, a Lithuanian, you know, com- commander of a nuclear submarine. So it's just definitely something you're supposed to just sort of assume works. Yeah. And me, I get it. I'll tell you one of the other parts I liked because it was funny was mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so there's a part where uh, the Russians are torturing a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember, I think that's his, one of his buddies that he, <clears throat> that has helped him. I, well, it's it's one of the people that he again replaces because their plan to get him through is to like basically have him replace right. actual people. Actual so people, they, right? Yeah. So they find one of the guys that he's supposedly rep- going to replace or replaced, and they torture him mm-hmm. to get some information from him. But it's a real short scene, and the torture guy is like punching this dude, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, whooping yeah. up on whatever, right? And he gets like his third hit, and mm-hmm. it's him and like a main his main Russian guy in there to like yeah. keep an eye on him and help torture or whatever. Um, yeah. And he accidentally like kills him real quick. Like, yes. it's like it's real quick. Like it's like whack whack, and then he gets this look in his eye, and he yeah. he looks at this main dude. The main dude looks at him, and he's like, you know, hey well, man, you you he's like, yeah, he's like, ah, oh, he's dead. And like the look <laughs> on his face. Because he accidentally killed a guy while he was tortured him was hilarious. And I was like, yeah. well, these guys are not good at Like, really not good at their junking jobs, man. They're really yeah. bad at them. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. It was great. Oh, yeah. They were, they were, I mean, the security for this, this like, top secret plane was kind of ridiculous. Like, the, the head guy of security <clears> was like, well, let's just let them get closer to the plane. We'll just see how it goes. We've no, got do them. we believe that security, security in 80s Russia was better than the security at the Capitol building? Oh, this last week? So let me tell you, like, like, yeah. uh, you know, are we sure that security was this good in Russia in the 1980s? Like, are we sure? Are we sure? And, and this is this this whole thing. By the way, if you're listening, had you know, you, you know, we're this is we're recording this on January 10th, 2021. Just look at the history books, see what happened around that age. That that that. On week. January 6th was the day yeah. of um, infamy. You take a look, see what happens, uh, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, it's like it makes me think. Like all of these stories you'd hear about mm. how government would have the black helicopters on you in two seconds if you talk bad about them uh right. you know they would be able to you know be on you know they're on top of it. you'd never be able to storm you know area 51 you'd never be able to right. things like on the sixth just make me think like 
Not so much. I think you can yeah. get away with some of this shit. And yeah. I'm sure other countries are looking at this now going, yeah, I think we can get away with some of this shit. Like, I feel like we could do that. Well, if we want to do I mean, I mean, you have to imagine, like, ISIS or Al-Qaeda are like, well, gosh, why didn't we think of this? Fucking A, dude. Fucking A. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Strap up. Right. Strap up some yeah. bombs. Throw a fucking beard. Look like a hick. Run in there. Because these, were not, these were not commandos. They were, like real estate agents and bartenders and like you know yeah, construction dude. workers and There's real problems with this shit right now this yeah. is real, real fucking problems like and it's and, it's scary stuff man it was it yeah. was a terrible day um yeah. you know it, and we're always already seeing people minimize it you're already oh, yeah. seeing people minimize it so oh yeah like, they're I'm focusing sure. more on like you know uh twitter you know, being banned from twitter versus right. you know right. people dying and a cop getting his ass beat Absolutely. by the way a cop who was a, and killed a cop who was also a trump supporter by the way Yes, beat by, right. beat by his own people and killed by his own fucking polit- political yeah. side because he was trying to do his job. So, so yeah. nice work, nice work, everybody. Uh, but yeah, so let's go back to the movie here. You know, it it isn't. I mean, I'm I'm hating on it, mm-hmm. but it isn't fucking unfounded that these guys would either be inept at their jobs right. or sort of overconfident or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's possible that he got in because of that. So you know, there's no they, it, 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 there's no government's not magic. It still well, requires them to, to like be on top of their shit to make sure people don't come in and fucking infiltrate. I think it's kind of like, it's a bigger, much bigger discussion, but it's kind of the big difference that a lot of people point to when you compare these types of societies, like communist societies and, and like free democratic sort of capitalist societies is that like our societies really promote excellence. Like if you think about like the security forces that the United States has at their disposal, when you like, when you look at like organization, like the Rangers or the Navy SEALs or any of these, they're, they're considered the best they've gotten. Mm -hmm. They've been proven the best time and time again. And it's because like there's sort of a philosophy difference in the United States is like, we really do, like collectively strive to be great. Whereas in Russia, because like the, the incentives were taken out for, you know, Mm -hmm. like what, what your career could advance to, because you would only get as far as you were allowed to. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's like a sign. Like if you, again, if we're we're watching a movie, but if you're sort of to take, like, is that realistic that they would have inept security forces? Absolutely. Because it's also realistic. If you watch Chernobyl, that they had inept, you know, energy uh, management people because that, that story was that. awful too. It's hard to watch. I would definitely like be have a strong stomach before you watch it because it's pretty gruesome at parts, but it's an incredible story. Um, is, it like a, is it like a base? I don't know. We're going a little off the rails here, but is this a, like yeah. a base on a tr- like true events or sort of yes. a dramatization of like everything with only the the um the disaster as the true thing well it it, it basically starts from like the afternoon of the disaster and the like, goes with, the real with well with actors playing the real people right. okay and, wow. and okay. it's um I mean, it, it talks a li- it talks a lot about like how like I mean Chernobyl as a town was basically like this idyllic kind of suburb with like oh. beautiful schools and restaurants and huh. and apartment buildings and this this accident occurred and like they were so inept when it came to understanding mm. how significant it was like firemen showed up and picked up pieces of graphite off the ground and then like you know and they thought no big deal and like three or four hours later they were melting I mean like oh my literally, god. Like, just disintegrating and yeah and the radiation was like it was the single greatest disaster in the history of nuclear power and 
if you watch it, you'll see like, you know, like the sort of inept and corrupt philosophy that the government had, which was to say that we've got this, we're under, that's kind of been my biggest fear with the Trump administration is that like the people that work for him aren't incentivized by telling the truth or doing a good job. They're incentivized on like what pleases him. And it's not, that's not a place to be. And that's kind of what happened with Chernobyl. And like, the fact is, is that like this whole week, it's been kind of like a, the January 6th event was a culmination of, uh, you know, four lack years. Of leadership. Well, lack, lack of like, just, just this belief that you can just let him do what he wants. Oh, just let him, you know, tell these lies. These lies don't mean anything. It's right, okay. Yeah. Just let him, yeah. let him, let him teach his 75 million people that the election was stolen from them and that, that they've been robbed. But you know, you know, yeah. and, and these people are, I mean, I've, I, I hate to say it, but like there was a guy I work with in the campaign who, in the 2012 campaign who has since become a, a rabid Trump supporter. And I've uh, like severed wow. ties with him because he was so difficult to talk to about it because I honestly, like I told him like, dude, this is a cult. Like you're not even mm-hmm. speaking rationally. Like they just, I know. they cannot, they cannot see past the fact that like everyone, they, they think that everybody's just overly harsh on Trump. They think they, you know, he is like the Messiah and <sighs> it's, yeah, and, everyone's and, and out to get him. Everyone, there's like a global conspiracy between scientists, politicians right. and every man to get Trump. Right. Like we've all somehow, I don't even know, like gone to a forum and started talking about right. how we're going to arrange this. Uh, yeah. I've got a guy on Facebook right now. That's just in, in high school, he wasn't the smartest necessarily, but we got along cause he was like in a punk rock and I was too. And right. so, so, and he's always been a little bit of a counter kind of guy, but, but he's never sort of been <clears throat> like an, a total idiot. I right. Mean, but yeah i mean like he was a punk rock asshole though instead of a redneck asshole which was which is why i got along with him because i i hated all rednecks and he he's has a redneck attitude now almost he's he's regressed to a uh, bunker mentality somehow uh and you know i us against them and what's it and it's really but he's couching it in um yeah. rock still but it's like, oh man, you know, how did all these votes? It's the it's their misinformation. The right. overnight we got counted all this misinformation. They're just telling you, man. And I'm like, are you fucking? You're so fucking. Well, I mean, it, it, Joe Rogan says it well. Like, I I don't agree with Joe Rogan's uh, stuff a lot, and I especially don't like the, in the lead up to the election some of the interviews he did. But I will say he yeah. does nail this, this point: is the like Donald Trump is an asshole, and he is a candidate for the assholes. There's like a population of this country that's like quite proud of being assholes, and yes. like they, they got their guy, and like yep. they embraced him with both hands, and and here we are, and like it's it's scary and it's sad. Like I, I, again, I tried to have like a, like, I, I love discussion. I love debate. I love people disagreeing with me. I love to go into a discussion with a point of view and come out of it with a different point of view. And sometimes my mind's change. Often it's not, but I don't shy away from it. I love that stuff. I got to a point where this guy couldn't do it anymore. I was like, because like his conversation just turned into like, eventually it became just like a weird form of masturbation. It was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how many different ways can I own you? You're a lib. I'm owning the libs. Yeah. And yeah. Like, it's really Which is odd. usually just a string of straw man arguments like, oh, so you don't like free speech then. Oh, so right. you don't like, like, oh, fucking okay. Like, you yeah. fucking, you people are just moving the goalposts. Right. It's just how they work and they how they've been trained. And um, the the good news is, is that in general, mm. uh, the people I feel like on one side are smarter yeah. <laughs> than, 
the people on the <laughs> other side. The problem is, is that, you know, smart doesn't make right a lot of times. Might does and things like that. So that also makes me a little worried that, you know, people are just like, uh, I don't like the way you talk. I'm just going to beat you up for it sort of thing. Uh, Verbally versus, or physically. Yeah. I, versus, I, just, you know. Yeah, whatever. Which doesn't. I wouldn't go as far. I mean, I respectfully, I don't know that I would say because I. I mean, we've talked about it before. There are many positions that the left has taken of the last three years that I vehemently disagree with. But I, I don't. I just don't. I don't necessarily think that it's a. It's always an intelligence thing. I think it's. I mean, honestly, and I and I know you you glossed over this and respect me. Please uh, forgive me for jumping back on it just a little bit. I don't think that the important focus is that. Trump has been removed from Twitter. What I think the important focus is, is that there's a huge population now that has been outcast from a major communications forum and they're going to go into their own echo chamber and they're going to fucking feed their own anxiety and their own paranoia and their own nonsense. And there's going to be nobody there to challenge them. Now, one can argue that they were on Twitter before and didn't make a difference. And I, that's a fair argument, but like, I think like, I believe that, you know, it's really best for like, good idea or bad ideas to be beaten with good ideas. And I think toxic ideas have to be like exposed and like parlor parlor has become sort of like a festering ground of conspiracy theories and, and, and monstrous plans. And I hope, I hope that, you know, that, you know, someone at least is watching the store to say, okay, these guys are talking real stuff here. I mean, pe- there were people who showed up at the Capitol with zip ties and, you know, like we're ready well, to take hostages. Like they like, wanted. Yeah, FBI needs to make up a bunch of parlor accounts and just right. they're all in one place. So just follow right. them all. By the way, they have to give like their social security number shit to parlor to fucking even be like a, uh, a, a, a non, like a real member of it. So yeah. that's real smart. So, okay. You know, give, give the Russians all your, uh, your yeah. shit. Fine. Right. Um, I, I, I agree with you in that aspect, but then I also say again to one of your points, they yeah. were in their chamber at Twitter, anyways. It right. was they were only fo- they were only following the people they wanted to follow. They were not following they the people they wanted else. to follow. By the way, right. if we wanted to, we could go over to Parlor and follow them and talk shit to them there. If it was that sure. big of a deal, and we wanted to do that. You wanted right. to fucking. It's like going to some of the subreddits on Reddit. You just I you know you go to conservative and it's like full of Donald Trump apologists yeah. and it's like okay well i just won't go there or i'll go there to just talk shit for a while it doesn't matter yeah. your shit's gonna get downvoted anyways no one's gonna see it so right people are gonna continue to be in the echo chamber what i liked was and i know a lot of people some people didn't especially the conservatives or the mm-hmm. trumpers was listen the whole free speech thing we talked about is mm-hmm. it free speech is it not you know first off first amendment government not not private um right uh, by the way they'd be fucking rejoicing in the streets of nancy pelosi got her shit turned off so it's like yes. what's what, what's up uh, uh number hypocrisy. two hypocrisy of course which they're always full of hypocrisy number three is is that um listen i don't think we need to give you a megaphone mm. um just because to talk your stupid shit you can right. again go talk about it somewhere else it's a private company mm-hmm. if i want your shit on my thing come come with real fucking discussions then yeah. Come with real fucking discussions from real points instead of your misinformation. Like, come with actual shit, not shit you heard, and then you're going to be fine. Like, yes. and, and okay, if you, and, and, and yeah, uh, big tech, I don't like it either. I think it should be fucking, I think Facebook should be fucking demolished, split up, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that would be great. But until that happens, right. um, and AWS, which I thought was awesome, <laughs> pulled them from. So, so now yeah, we have to, now we have to do that. Yeah, and now they have to have, <laughs> they have to have their own web servers to right. 
to do their stuff, and they have to have their own way to distribute their uh, their bullshit apps, and they have to uh, have a phone <laughs> that yeah. will be the so. Good luck with all of that. Uh, all or that. or guess what, Parlor? Mm. Clean your shit up. Don't allow yeah. fucking neo-Nazis on there to spread bullshit. Don't allow, you know, then you're allowed back in, you can play again. But until yeah. you get up your shit, that's in the T's and C's, bitch. It's in the T's and that's C's. fair enough. These are Read all very valid arguments. You don't like and it, it's off. Yeah. And by the way, conservatives, if you had control, you'd be doing the exact same fucking thing, by the way. Yeah. By the- Matter of fact, conservatives or uh, Trumpers, if you had control of the media right now, you wouldn't even give us a chance to clean up our shit. You would just not let us on. Yeah. Just, that's that's what would happen. So fuck off with fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Right. Shit. I I'm I'm with you there. I will just say that like I I I really get queasy when we start to legislate thought, but I understand all of that's very valid. All of these are private enterprises. This was a, this was not a standard you know, like uh, rally that got a little out of hand. This was an insurrection. This was an attempt to overthrow our democracy. So this is at a different level than the standard. Well, people are dying. People died. Uh. Yeah, people are dying. All that stuff. I completely get it. I completely get it. But I, I, and I really do generally believe that, you know, the important thing for me is that I'm glad that we have defeated Donald Trump in the election. I'm glad that he's going to go away on January 20th. I'm glad all of those things. I'm worried about the next one. I'm worried about like, like the the next one that's savvier than this guy and can do yeah, yeah. better. So like yeah. I I really don't I don't really I, and I know this is naive, but like I want to stop building up echo chambers. I want to start tearing them down. I know that's impossible, and these people aren't going to pay attention. So I I acknowledge that my position is is flawed there. But I will just say like one of the things that I need like my side of the fence to start realizing is that just discussing these things isn't monstrous. Like I just put out there that I. Right. Yeah, no. I don't know if this is a good idea or not. And I got fucking like trashed. I got like to, yeah, right, yeah. to like watch out for my privilege and to right, shut yeah, yeah. up. And I'm like, yeah. I've got that too. I've got that too a couple of times. <laughs> you know? Uh, they do, you know, and, and, and that's some of the more militant um, right. people on the left. And I agree with you. That's, um, you know, super really And yeah, take a breath. You're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I told my my idiot Trumper guy. I'm like, y- you're fine. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, and then I had to put in, of course, that adults will be in charge here soon. So yes, it'll, it'll, be, <laughs> it'll be even more okay for you. It'll be yeah. less stressful for you. The adults will be in charge, which is another thing. It's like, how can you not? No matter who you support, mm-hmm. how can you not breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief that you don't have to deal with a constant drama every yeah. fucking day? Like, right. shouldn't you just not want to drill the drama for like two weeks, f- even if yeah. you're a Trumper? Like, Jesus I, Christ! I, I believe that the action should be taken to make sure he can never run again. I'm all in favor of too. impeachment. I think he should he should yeah. be impeached again, and he should be yeah. forbidden from yeah. running for office. He's a danger to himself, and he's a danger to others. And he is, a, I mean, a danger to himself. I couldn't if give Clinton a shit. He got impeached for getting his dick sucked and then lying yes. about it. Uh, right. I feel like this is impeachable again. If this and, is not impeachable, then nothing's impeachable. Yeah, then what, what are we doing here? Like, what, yeah. what, just get rid of the fucking thing. Get rid of right. the impeachment thing. And, and, right, you know, exactly. Let's not talk about it. Anyways, right. we, yeah, let's go back. All right. Let's go back to this movie. Uh, sorry for the sidetrack, everybody. Obviously, it was a big week, and this kind of ties in a little bit to this film. So I think we've covered all of the didn't love and the love stuff. You didn't like very much of it. I've talked about the part <laughs> I enjoyed. Um, oh, the soundtrack also. Can I talk about soundtrack? Yeah, go for it. 
sort of um it reminded me a little bit of when we watched commando there was a scene mm-hmm. where arnold schwarzenegger fights a guy in a hotel room and yeah. it was a real kind of awkward fight they had one yeah. in here which is sort of the same where he fights a he fights a guy in the bathroom which right. is sort of a real awkward fight with him the kgb mm-hmm. guy i also noticed during that fight which is the same as during the commando fight there was a, a real lack of like music there was sure. no soundtrack in the background. So it was just an awkward 80s slap fight in this yeah. bathroom with not a lot of things being said and some people slapping each other. And like, <laughs> it was really weird, man. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Yeah, it, the music wasn't a big, like, I remember the Commando, I remember we I wrote down in that one as far as, like, the most obnoxious part was the goddamn steel drum. It was, like, constant steel <laughs> yeah, drum. Yeah, the entire yeah, right, movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the other part about this movie that I... Did I like it or not like it? It was just a. It was just a. It was just a. A thing. Mm. Did you notice? So when I'm watching the movie and I'm keeping an eye on how much time's left because I can't wait till it's over. Kidding. <laughs> and I'm looking at it. I'm going. This movie has like four minutes left, and there's got to be there's got to be time at the end of it for credits. So what happened? This movie is a movie that just fucking ends it just <laughs> stops in the middle of basically a sentence it feels like he's like it just he gets to where he needs to go and then it just literally yeah. fucking just ends well and there's you saw no the last the last fight scene right like the last two planes like he, he kills the the other well, right plane. but i but i mean like but well, <laughs> i guess <laughs> i mean you know, they you know normal movies are like uh well what well, he's gonna have a final beer you know he lands and he'll you know high five everyone or give him a hug and a good job or whatever and then I'll have be a beer your anytime. Right, i'll be a wingman anytime <laughs> chat or whatever this one is he shoots the last thing down it it like crashes and then just credits start rolling you're like yeah oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is really kind weird. Tied it off nicely, I think. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Okay. I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, but like, I mean, to some degree, like, what was the movie recently that I know you liked, which was the like the big Marvel finale, the big Marvel uh, uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame. I think was that the last. We had like Marvel an hour movie. long fucking ending. It was like, oh well, yeah, we had to say goodbye to Tony Stark. He died. Everything like spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. Seen that. By the way, I've only still only seen that movie once. I need to watch it yeah. again. Um, I yeah. usually watch it ten times, so I need to watch that. Thanks for reminding me. Okay, so let's motor through the standard questions on this. I've already hit on a couple of them, but like, when did we see this movie for the first time? You saw it last night. Yes, I last night, and, I, and by the way, because of all the talking and stuff that yeah. was going on, and <laughs> we went to the store in the middle of it at some point. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get watch. Didn't get done watching it until about one forty-five a.m. So all yeah. Right. So, Watch yeah. it first time last today. Um, you've watched it once. I've watched it probably at least twenty times. And the first time you watched it, I'm assuming, was at your dad's place on his VHS in the living room. Yeah, and it was one of those VHSs that, like, you know, you you put the thing in and you push it down. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's exactly. cool. I think. So I mean, it was probably like fifteen hundred bucks at the time or something crazy. Yeah. I mean, bearing in mind that, like, I loved it. Um, does it hold up? No, but the story does. I think the story is pretty cool. I think the story could be done again. I don't think the movie holds up. The the effects are terrible. And one thing I want to just call on, like we've been obviously the plane scenes are really bad, but this one really caught my eye. Uh, the Russia and, one. Yeah, he was walking past Red Square. Right? Yeah, I really yeah. think they just like put up a projector and had him walk by it. Like I, I there were a couple of those. That was the one I also called out. I was like, I wonder yeah. how they did that. I thought to myself because it doesn't look real. There's a couple mm-hmm. of those shots where yes, some of it looks like. Part of the shot looks fuzzy, and the other part yeah. doesn't look fuzzy. So it's yeah, I noticed that as well. <laughs> like, well, you know, they're not going to fly into Russia for like two scenes. Sure, you know, I, I, well, right, I think 
They also, by the way, I'll, I'll, there's a bit of trivia that talks about this, but this movie was filmed in Vienna, so it wasn't filmed in. Oh, Russia. it wasn't far then. Okay, it wasn't, yeah. at least it wasn't like I'm LA. Guessing that Clint Eastwood didn't have the pull to call up Gorbachev in 1982. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. Can we we're gonna do what in Russia that makes fun of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> stealing shit from you. <laughs> could or should it be made again i don't i mean yeah i mean i like i say i would i would see a movie that had this story this kind of story i think it's a good story but i don't i don't see a need for it uh um, I mean, argo 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 they did it but this, this wasn't people they were true. stealing back they were stealing uh humans yeah i mean i love like and, and i remember we did an uh, episode with my buddy matt and he you know he used to make fun of me when i worked with him years ago that like all of the books and movies that i love are usually like the tom clancy types the ones where somebody goes in and says mr president this is not a drill. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah you love <laughs> and that's yeah. the kind of thing that i get into so yeah definitely um obviously if it got made again i don't think the rock the rock could be in it because he's too big <laughs> i think he's like a flight suit yeah, yeah. I, don't <laughs> a, I don't think he's normal size for fucking flying a plane no but one person yeah. i thought of that could be good in it would be michael fassbender he could be tom good. cruise tom cruise yeah, yeah no. you know, he can fly those planes yeah he can fly the plane you know what I mean? <laughs> okay so it's bill paxton award winner time you go first Fuck. Oh, uh... <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I don't have them, but uh, I'm gonna say my Michael Fassbender guy would be. How about you go first? You might give okay. me some. Uh, my uh, Bill Paxton Award winner is General Vladimirov. He was the member at the end scene where, like, or the end bit where the plane has escaped, and there's that general who's like coming up with the plan, and then there's the bureaucrat. Uh, yeah, so the the general who was coming up with the plan and like talking about strategy, he was a badass to me. Like he was mm -hmm. like he even yelled at the bureaucrat guy and said, "Fuck you! You don't know what you're doing. It's your incompetence that allowed this to happen." I really liked him, General Vladimirov. His, his name is Klaus Lauswich. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, that guy. I would is say, my Bill. I would say my Bill Paxson would probably be the guy that has come to mind. Um, is the would be Clint Eastwood's like main informant guy or main. Uh -huh. At the, with the who has a cabbie hat, he looks. He looks yeah. like uh, Sam Kinison. It's the guy that I'll say because he does a lot of the grabbing by the. Hey, you don't know what you're doing, man. Or hey, you need to. Or you know, hey, you need to do this or whatever. Um, you know, and then he. I think yeah. he dies at the end, lying in a field uh, mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. You know, because he's. By the way, everyone is all Clint Eastwood's like helpers, like along mm -hmm. the way, his other deep cover people. Are yeah. I'm not gonna say more into it than Clint is, yeah. but they all give up their lives for this fucking plane. Clint doesn't have to, but ever everyone right. else fucking dies along the along the yeah. way, like up and out. Like everybody. Like I would just fucking say, fuck off, I'm not diving. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, but everyone fucking dies right. for it, even the people that aren't like really super appreciated. But um yeah. but I was yeah, like, that yeah, he, that. yeah, Clint Eastwood basically like, le like leaves a trail of dead bodies. Trail of on dead bodies in his way. Everyone yeah. just hooks him up and dies for him or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh but uh, yeah I'll say uh um Sam Kinison guy. Okay, Sam Kinison guy. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I've had Sam Kinison guy. I've had guy who did hairstyles. That's enough information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so how much did this movie cost? It cost $21 million to make. 
and it made $46 million. Now, one thing I, I've, I looked up because I was just curious about this, because I think this actually plays into this discussion when we talk about this. The average ticket price back in that time was mm -hmm. between 3 and $5. So wow. $46 million yeah. is actually a huge take. That you know, giant, when you yeah. consider that like a movie ticket now is 20 bucks. 15, um, yeah. yeah. So this would have been like a $100 million film or more. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I'm pretty sure I've I heard of this film. I, actually, I know I heard of it. And my yeah. brother and I were talking about this last time when you brought this up. And we got it confused with yeah. a movie called Fire or Fox Fire. Okay. And which was, I think it's called Fox Fire, which was out just around the same time. And it had Lewis Gossett Jr. in it. And he was like a helicopter. It was about a helicopter instead of uh, a. And we were all confused. I remember both of us confused. Well, last Lewis week. Gossett Jr. was also in an awesome 80s movie that we made <laughs> called Iron Eagle. Remember Iron Eagle? I remember. Yeah, it was an airplane movie. Of course, I remember that movie. Yeah, and I got to ask this question, Nathan. I've been dying to ask it all week. Have uh, you gotten into Cobra Kai? Because that fucking show no. is incredible. No, no, no. Listen. Oh, no. you're so missing out. You are I, so I mean, you say I'm missing out, but others say it's... It's amazing. A, yeah. Who are the others? Which one should I watch first, that or Chernobyl? Mm. Oh my God! You you have to think about it. You have to think about whether I watch Chernobyl or Cobra Kai first. Cobra Kai is incredible, man. Um, oh my God! I, I would that. say. I mean, depends what your mood is. Are you in a good mood or a bad mood? Well, I'm always in a bad mood. Then watch Cobra Kai. Uh, if you're in a good mood, watch uh, Chernobyl because, like, you're you bring me down to normal. Well, no, it's just like if you're in a bad mood, Chernobyl's gonna make you feel worse. Oh, okay. Uh, pretty, <laughs> right. It's pretty grim, man. That movie is amazing. It's, it's actually like a three-part series, but it's incredible. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I have it. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Um, okay, so the review scores. You're gonna be pleased to hear this. The Rotten Tomato scores on this: thirty-eight percent with the critics and forty-two percent with the public. So okay, everybody but, but, to agree with you. <laughs> Well, well, here's what I want to ask. Now, uh, kind of like when we did Rotten Tomatoes a couple times ago, remember how there yeah. were people that watched it like, yeah. yesterday and reviewed it, right? So they're looking yeah. at it with a Nathan lens on it, where I looked at it and went, Jesus Christ, like, what is this? Yeah. The first time I saw it. So, so the reason I bring that up, Ollie, mm. is because I did my thing where I looked up Roger Ebert and what he thought. Because right. in mm. my mind, I'm thinking, he's got to hate this movie. He's got to mm. hate it. I mean, right. it's. I mean, he's got to hate it, but he gave it three and a half fucking stars, and yeah. he says Clint Eastwood's Firefox is a slick, muscular thriller that combines espionage with science fiction. The mm. movie works like a well-crafted machine, and it's about a well-crafted machine. And then he goes into it, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, Ebert's watching it with a 1982 lens on it. He's just yeah. it. And so everything looks way cooler. <laughs> it's like me watching Conan going, and then Ebert goes, oh, the dialogue in this was amazing for its time. You know, amazing. And then when you watch it now, you're like, okay, it wasn't, that, it wasn't amazing. Like, it wasn't great. <laughs> like you're watching it with an 82 fucking lens on it. So yeah. I was so oh, surprised. Ebert, anyways. Yeah. So that, yeah, doesn't match up with the, those reviews. But, hey, yeah, so anyways, the Ebert's like Ollie. Ebert. If, if if Ollie read this review in 82, he would have been like, oh, yeah, I agree totally with this review. Yeah. yeah. It's but too the, low. The it's majority of, of critics hated it and the majority Barely. of the audience hated it. Yeah. But again, I don't know if those are recent critics or not. So that's the thing. It's like I looked it up. It was actually recent. Every review there yeah. was post-2000. So it was in 82. It probably would have had like a fucking 80 or 90. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was a box office success. So clearly people enjoyed yeah. it at the time. It was it was just, yeah. 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 So it's very All interesting. Right.
let's move through some trivia here because we are running a little bit long. I want to make sure we're, yeah. we're keeping it under yeah. a reasonable time. So yeah. uh, most of this movie was filmed in Vienna, Austria, as I mentioned. Um, it looks like Atari had a coin-operated video game in 1983 called Firefox. I bet you that oh, was wow. cool. Okay. Yeah, I miss arcade. Remember arcades? Remember riding I your miss bike arcade arcade? too. It's crazy. They were 25 cents to play, and 25 cents, I'm not saying even now is a lot, but if you remember arcade games, I mean, you died fast. Like yes. you die within five, 10 minutes all the time. Like maybe yeah. you're not even that. And so you're yeah. getting, you're paying a dollar in 1982 to play right. for 15 minutes. Yeah. And that's a lot of money to be pumping in there to just to get 15 minutes. But I did it all the time. Oh, With I remember. With little money I had. Oh, I, I put it all in the we went to the arcade at University Town Center in San Diego, and we wanted to conquer Terminator 2. So we literally like <laughs> all of our cash. Oh, is that the Uzi game? And, yes, the Uzi game. Yeah. It, had, it had the had the button on the end that like fired a grenade. Yeah, and like we just literally like pulled a pile of quarters and just sat there until we finished it. And it <laughs> oh like, wow! At the end of that experience, thinking to ourselves, "Well, that was a waste of yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's impressive, yeah. though, man. I yeah. never ever have done that one time. I, I never yeah. had the money for a time to like do that, but I mean, I've never ever. Yeah, we clearly I, didn't have it for long, so we uh, threw that yeah. in there. That's awesome. Um, so, as we talked about, John Ratzenberger and Kenneth Colley appeared in Star Wars episode Empire Strikes Back in this movie. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ratzenberger played a junior officer on a U.S. submarine in the Arctic, hiding from the Soviets. While in Empire Strikes Back, he played a junior officer in the ice planet of Hoth. Kenneth Colley, yeah. Yeah. Kenneth Colley played a Soviet colonel in the command center looking for the heroes while in Empire Strikes Back he played a Admiral Piet. Remember Admiral Piet? That's yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so apparently a sequel was planned for Firefox but never made. In the story, Ant discovers that one of the... Thank God, that's right. <laughs> you watch that fucking next week. Gant discovers that one of the second Firefox cannon shots had grazed a fuel tank and he was forced to land on a frozen lake in Finland. As the plane oh. was designed to deal with the most severe of Russian weather, it was equipped with baffles that could seal off the engines and other parts. Due to the thinness of the ice and the heat of the engines, the Firefox broke through the ice and sank. From that point, it was a race between the Russians who were in hot pursuit of the plane and NATO allies to raise the plane. So basically... Oh. The plot was going to be was the plane sank and then it probably became like a submarine movie. Yeah, it breaks down and then they got to yeah bring in fucking uh, Sean Connery on the hunt for October, the <laughs> October, and get it. Tie in, tie in, tie in. I like it. I'm not trying to like this. Um, Mitchell Gant wears a black flight helmet, a reflection of Eastwood's years of playing gunfighters where he wore dark black hats. By contrast, Moskov wears a white helmet, which is what many of Eastwood's gunfighter opponents wore. So that's a, apparently... And I noticed that as well. I, I noticed more of the other guy wearing a white one versus... Yes, because you thought he was one. like a Star Wars... Uh, yeah, I did. He looked like a fucking Star Wars guy with a white helmet on and the orange jumpsuit. I was like, uh -huh. what is going on here? Like, I did think that Eastwood's it is interesting in the 80s as well. You know, mm -hmm. Eastwood climbs into it, so he gets his flight suit on, and he's in the flight suit has this total black, he's got a blacked out mask. He can't see who he is, mm -hmm. right? Because he right. doesn't want to walk up and have someone go, hey, who are you? You don't look like a guy I've seen before. Um, so he's got right. this thing that black on his face. What I thought was awesome is, as with every movie, superhero or whatever nowadays, where a big action mm -hmm. star gets into a movie where his face is totally covered, they... Mm -hmm they make scenes where his mask will come off or he takes right. it off because the actor wants their fucking face getting shown and everyone else does too. So, you know, you can't have a mask on the whole time. So I did notice that once Clint got into the plane, mm -hmm. 
hmm. with this dark mask that you can't see his face on, he removes the dark part. So that yes. now we can see Clint's facial expressions while he's, you know, flying the plane. Yeah. You got to see those facial expressions, which normally I think those pilots keep those down because they're sunshades right. as well. So well, he, yeah, he put, have a traditional oxygen mask. Right. So he puts his up, right? So you can yeah. see his sort of face because he's an actor. And he's, so, but right. I thought that was, I, I did notice that, yes, the black versus white thing was, mm-hmm. but he looked cool. I mean, like, did. I, I, his I black thing cool. was cool. I thought the cool. plane was cool. I thought the whole, like, they didn't go chintzy on that. I thought the Firefox was a cool plane. I thought the concept was cool. Yeah, it definitely looked. And I wondered how much they had known about stealth technology in 82, mm-hmm. if anything at all, because yeah. you know, that was the whole big thing with this thing was it was stealth. And if you looked at how it was sort of the, the if you looked at the model of the, of the plane, it mm-hmm. sort of looked like what stealth. stealth looks like now, yeah, which is right. sort of weird because it's like, how yeah. do they know or do they guess or anyway, yeah. so I thought that was kind of cool. So final bit of trivia I have is that apparently, this is kind of funny, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and somebody named Henry Gerp <laughs> were all considered <laughs> for the role. <laughs> but here's the thing. Try doing a Google search or an IMDb search for a gentleman named Henry Gerp, and I cannot Henry find Gerp? this person. So whoever Henry, Henry Gerp was, Gerp? <laughs> he, he was... He, he was like moments away from stardom and clearly this was his only shot and he didn't get it. So. That sucks <laughs> so bad. Uh, there was a guy named Dugray Scott, D-O-U-G, yep, right there. Dugray uh-huh. Scott as an actor. And uh-huh. when I say to you, Dugray Scott, you're, he's a Scottish actor and you're going to go, who the fuck is that guy? He was in... Mission Impossible 2, um, something mm-hmm. called Enigma, something called Hitman, um, yeah. something called Ever After. So he's on a few of these movies that not a lot of people probably saw. So right. uh, that Dugray Scott guy was supposed to be Wolverine. Oh, Hugh Jackson's really? character. And Dugray backed out for some other movie he was doing at the yeah, time. Yeah. And look what happened with that shit. No one knows well, who the fuck Dugray Scott is, but everyone knows who Hugh Jackman is. Remember the remember Pulp Fiction episode? We talked about that guy who played is Eric Stoltz who played uh, mm-hmm. the heroin heroin dealer. You know mm-hmm. he was famously cast in the original Back to the Future, and they literally filmed like eighty percent of it with him in it, and just too much of a pain in the ass. So they reshot Whoa. the movie with Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Whoa. Eighty yeah, percent. Whoa. Yeah. They, like, you would have been pretty good in that movie too. I'm yeah, pretty, but I yeah, but I think right. He's Marty McFly, but you never. I yeah. mean, these these terms, right? But I think, like, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, first of all, by the way, speaking of which, to flash forward he to our, the if you guys, if anybody listening to our podcast can look it up, the Arnold Schwarzenegger today posted an amazing video response to the events on January sixth. I highly encourage everyone to look at it. Uh, Nathan, you can see it on my social media. Uh, it's like seven minutes long, and it's incredible. So yeah, uh, Arnold's the best. He's a man. I think he's incredible. I think he's a very big patriot, and I think he's you know I don't oh, agree yeah. with all of his policies, and I'm not a Republican, but like I I can respect him. He he loves his country, and he um he he definitely speaks out when he needs to. He loves his country more than people that were fucking born here. Born so, here. Uh, Most of the time, that's what you find. Is the, the that's immigrant. what you find. That's what you yeah. find. Yep. Right. Everybody okay. So finally. Um, the Oscar category. So from the year 1982, uh, the films that were nominated, Chariots of Fire, Atlantic City, On Golden Pond, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Reds. Oh, Reds is that one. Was Reds the one? Reds wasn't the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, was it? No. You're thinking no, of like Red, Red Swarm. Oh, yeah. Red, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Red yeah, I know the way. Movie. I know the way you're talking about, like where he played like the Russian cop, who John got, like, Belushi or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Reds. Yeah. John Reed's yeah. love affair with. Oh, it's about a Russian revolution, apparently. Reds. Is. Okay. Yeah, sounds okay, exhausting, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Warm Beatty. Warm Beatty's in it, so that yeah. tells you. That okay. tells you. Yeah, skip that. And Terror to Fire, my parents made me watch. They took me to the theater with them when I was like, yeah. fucking whatever, how five years of age to sit yeah. through that goddamn movie. I fell asleep <laughs> in, the, in the very first five minutes of it. Never seen it since. On Golden Pond, they also took me to see that, which is about old people living on a fucking pond. Uh, I, I fell asleep during that one too. And then they have Later to the Lost Ark on here, which is an amazing. Later to the Lost is fucking amazing. All parts that are amazing. The yes. uh, the dialogue's funny as shit. The acting's awesome. The story's fucking awesome. Uh, everything uh, everything's awesome about it. Who won yeah. the Oscar? Uh, Chariots of Fire. Of course it did. Of fucking course. <laughs> so this is another one of those years where the um, I want to use such harsher words in this, but the, the even the people that were nominated were shit. Other than Razor yeah. the Lost Star, just shit. Yeah. Like, but anyways, but. Yeah. Here's anyway, how, here's yeah. Work. I mean, but I would say even with that, I still think that you would probably watch at least two or three of these movies ahead of Firefox. Yes, if I would watch more ahead of Firefox. Including this one video that's called Reds over the now. If that's Nathan. That's 2021, Nathan. 2020, Nathan probably would have watched <laughs> on Golden Pond. Uh, actually, yeah, if I would have watched. No, to be honest, so I, you know, 1982 or 81, Nathan probably yeah. would have. I would have watched. No, I totally would have watched this movie over, over all that. of these, except for yeah, yeah, Oh yeah. yeah, in 1981, Nathan would have. Yeah, two Nathan would have loved this movie. Yeah. Way more than any of these other Raiders. Way now more. That you've so. been, now that you've been subjected to it, you're like, fuck no. Well, I'm saying that, <laughs> well no, in that night, 2020, Nathan, 21 might watch his other movies, but when I was a kid, I totally would have watched this Firefox. Oh, yeah, I would have. Mm-hmm. If I would have watched this, I would have loved yeah. it, I'm sure. I would have liked it a lot. It's mm-hmm. The problem is I'm watching it 40 years later with a 40 years right. lens on my eyes. So mm-hmm. that's that's the problem with this one. But but yeah, these winners are, we're, yeah, they're all trash except for Raiders. So yeah, all right. once again, here's okay. our point. I agree with here's that. Raiders Larkdog is incredible. That one is Fucking probably incredible. one we'll cover. Incredible. Um, so let's just quickly discuss what we're going to do next. So now that we've done my childhood film, are we going to do, do I don't know, uh, bro. I don't know what are we what are we talking? Oh, that's that's right. All right, let me think here. Okay, I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think about how you're going to react to this movie. Okay, so you're going to think. I don't want to poison it too much for you. I don't want to put too much in your head, but you're going to think probably some of the same things that I thought about this movie. You're probably going to think, and I might be pleasantly surprised, but I don't think so. Sure. I think you're going to think. You know what is this movie? <laughs> you're going to think uh, the special effects on some of these things need some work. Although, right. you know, my brother will argue that just like in Conan, where those weird spirits will like come along, and I was like saying it's a yeah. rotoscope like spirits, and he was like, "Oh, I thought it was cool though for the aesthetic," and you were actually like, "Oh, I thought it was cool," and I thought it was trash. Sure. You're gonna think part of this movie is the same, but what I want you to focus on with this movie, if we do end up doing this, is just yeah. a the kind of cool premise of it, like the main, the basic plot line of what these beings are about. Right. And then how cool Sean Connery is and how cool uh, Clancy Brown is as the bad guy. That's okay. all you need really. The main guy um, who is actually the movie's about, um, mm-hmm. the Highlander guy, uh, Duncan McLeod is his name in the movie. He's, yeah. he's you know, he's a guy, mm-hmm. uh, but he's not, 
you know, you're gonna have you, you would have you should have an easy time picking a uh, a Bill Paxton is what I'm is okay. What I'm uh, easier time than you did on this film, which was right, right, definitely, oh. definitely. You should, have a, you should have a definite time being able to pick a Bill Paxton. There's a lot more to choose from. Uh, okay. But let's let's go with that. I will bring Jason in for this one. I'm sure he would. I mean, listen, he's gonna he loves that movie more than pretty much everything. Okay. Um, so we will let, do Highlander. Yeah, next. Let me make a suggestion. Sure. For for those of you out there listening, now, mm-hmm. Ollie and I are gonna pick these more obscure movies from time to time. Yeah. You're going to probably go like, hey, man, uh, you know, this one actually, this discussion turned out a little bit better because we talked about other things I thought I wasn't going to have as much sure. to talk about. Right. I will make a suggestion to you, Ollie. Now. Please, when bring we it. Choose, when we choose these <clears throat> more obscure movies, right. let's try to bring a third party on uh-huh. that loves them as much as you do or I do so right. that you can get some real excited discussion going on about so like you know like the highlander i'm going to bring jason in because yes, i might talk to you and i might be like talking to a fucking brick wall right versus <laughs> same, same, if you, same if you want this right you might be going like hey man how did you not like the part where they talked about yeah. russian policy you know i'm like I'm not <laughs> like, so i'm gonna make a suggestion that when we bring in these more obscure ones right we bring in someone to speak about it with a hot on your side sort of thing right so like and then so that i can fight both of you guys you know right. what I mean? Like, like you know, so, you so, can you, right, and you can fight both of us, and we can be I like, could. fuck you, whatever. So, I, right, have so some, I, I have some ideas for what comes next after next week, but I will, okay, I will stick okay. those and we'll talk about it. Okay. But I have, some, there's lots of good stuff to discuss. We're kind of entering what we talked about as being our second season of this. I think we've done mm-hmm. a bunch of good episodes. We're at like 25 or 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we could get a little bit more formal like with our plan. 50,000 followers now, 50,000 yeah. subscribers, which is great. Thank you. Thank you for that, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Appreciate it. I mean, I started this off saying that we you know, were going to have like two or three, and now we got like fifty thousand. So yeah, good job. Yeah, good job with that. We have some fans. We have some. Yeah, fans. We've got yeah, something yeah. Back, so that's so good. subscribe, subscribe, everyone. You know. Yes, exactly. All right, so I gotta. I'm gonna wrap this up because I know this is gonna be a longer episode. So thank you very much, Nathan, especially for a week like this to give us a good distraction to talk about something else. It was a challenging mm-hmm. week overall, but hey, we're here. Um, I just want to say, Nathan, I will see you in hell. I will see you in Russian hell. Okay. (laughs) All right, man. (laughs)